This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, happy springtime for the first hearing of this podcast as it starts within hours of of our uh, opening listing. So we're going to spring forward with some really cool post-book marketing ideas, things that you can do to enhance your expertise, your book, your influence. With me is Rebecca Finkel, who is returned for the gazillionth time, one of the best uh, cover and interior designers that authors have available to them that can create a book that actually competes with what New York puts out. Uh, Rebecca is a multi-award winning book designer, and she also has added on some features that will enhance your presence as an author, an expert, someone of influence that needs to get attention. And this earlier this month, we did a program for authors here in the Colorado community on these types of tools that you could use to take you and your book to the next dimension. So, Rebecca, welcome back to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Thank you very much. It's great to be back. Ah, yes, it is. And it's not snowing, so I'm very excited. <laughs> so with, right? with that said, is, yeah, yeah, yes, I'm excited. Um, now I always have this thing. It's easy to get a book in hand because I'm a book designer and it's something that I can do. But it's tricky to get, essentially, to get rid of the book or to sell the book that is, and to market it. So, you know, we've put some thought into how to break that down and make it put into sizable chunks. Exactly. And, you know, I should tell everyone, Rebecca always is a feature within my um, unplugged events because whatever's going on, we always do something to add into it to enhance whatever the topic is, whether it's book marketing, whether it's it's speaking, whether it's just book publishing in general um, with that. And so one of the things that, and I've actually done a whole show on how to create a one sheet, but Rebecca actually did spend some time um, recently on the do's and don'ts, and for heaven's sakes, don't go down this path with a one sheet. Do you want to kiss on that a little bit, Rebecca? Sure. It's tough. I usually do a show and tell. Usually I put up this something and be like, these are nice, these cover the basics, and this is not what you want to do. So um, one thing that you don't want to do is put too much type on your one sheet. You want to have your face. You want to have your book. You want to have your pitch. And it's 50 words, 75 words. That's something that covers it but what you're really trying to do is have them ask you a question you don't want to ask, you don't want them to answer all your questions and say like oh i know this person isn't right for me because of this you want to just pose the question so that they have to contact you and of course your contact information all of it facebook social media website the whole spiel all of that is on there so you're prompting a question instead of solving a problem with a one sheet mm-hmm 
All right. And so what would be well, – uh, let's, let's hit the mistakes first. What are the boo-boos okay. that you see? Yeah. The, the boo-boos are not showing your cover. So you only have this beautiful photograph of yourself and your pitch and your contacts, but not showing your cover at all or your product. Let's say, you know, you you have a speech or a novella or an ebook or a audiobook, something, what you're trying to sell. Part of marketing for me is it's a mix of access and credibility. It's access and credibility to you as an author and access and credibility to your book. Two separate things. So so that's what you're trying to do is is create momentum. I've heard it being said that it's a conversation and if the conversation stops, your book kind of disappears. The conversation can be muted. The conversation can be slow. Let's say you want to take a vacation or, you know, work on something else, but the conversation needs to continue. And when it stops, it's tough to get momentum again. So too many words on the page, too much color on the page where your eye just doesn't settle. You do want to have white space on your on your one sheet. I'm looking at a one sheet here where the author has literally three photos of himself on the cover, and I'm just thinking that might be too much. Um, his book cover is a photo of himself, <laughs> right? Yes. It might be too All right. much. I'm not sure we need that much of an author, you know. But uh, you know, there's a good photo of him doing his thing. He talks about surfing in his book, and so he's surfing. And then you have the copy of his book, which he's on the cover of the book. But then you have the additional author photo, and I'm like, I think we get it. I think we know what you look like. Like, you don't need that third photo. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds perfect. Now, my- we're talking about we're talking about a, the, the book one sheet. If you are talking about strictly um, a speaker one sheet, then your picture probably needs to be prominent. Um, or your consulting side. You've got to think about what product you're selling when you're creating a one sheet. I just felt I needed to throw that one in here because there are differences Correct. for all of them. Correct. And you can have multiple and you can back one up with another. If it's a speaking and a book presentation you're making together, they can be a double-sided one sheet. Um, I would make sure that your text is legible and, and that the size is appropriate. So, you know, people are rushed for time. You don't want to have to make them struggle because their struggle is to put it aside. So you make it, make your pitch, you know, friendly, obvious, open, big, make your context mm-hmm. available. Um, mm-hmm. I just put my one sheet up there at this pro, at the program last weekend and yeah, it got mm-hmm. pretty well trounced. I need to make some revisions on that one, which I'm glad. That's the one thing that I think is very positive. Show it to your peers. Get their comments. It's not a, it's not a popularity contest. You know, it's not like they say these things and, and, they, and it gets to happen. It obviously goes through your filter. But after looking at their filter and hearing them, I'm like, yeah, this is a great thing. I can change it up. This is fine. Um, one strategy is to print 100 copies or 50 copies of your one sheet until you've kind of worked out the kinks. And then print it a lot. Have it available on your website. Have it available to email to anybody as a PDF. Have it available that you can send it out in a letter to people who still enjoy getting snail mail. There are a number of people that way. Um, I'm all pretty digital, so it's it, anyway. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to poo-poo those people at all. One-sided and two-sided one sheets for a single product is not a bad idea. It also shows the line of books. If you've got books in your future, that's also something to do. If you've got awards, oh my goodness, put those awards up there. Um, shows credibility, shows a lack of, you know, shows judicial, somebody has judged your book and has come out on top. A, a, 
you know, far and away of anybody else's. So put those on there as well. Anytime you've, you've spoke on a national level or a local level for the, let's say, a, a local news station, a nine news here in Denver, something like that, put that on the one sheet. So it shows that you have the chutzpah to get yourself out there and be understood and, you know, they like you. You are able to mm-hmm. jump through the hoops, you know, able to jump through the hoops again. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to just add that. I'm glad you talked about the logos of media. If if you're doing a speaker one sheet um, or a consultant one sheet, um, that having book awards is not so important. Having media logos, if you have been featured, whether it's it's a magazine like Time, that'd be kind of fun, or in the Wall Street Journal, or um, on a, a a a channel TV, you don't have to put the show logo. Just put NBC or right. Good Morning America. And that was one of the things, you know, when I went to print and redid mine for this last year, is I made sure at the very bottom I did a, just kind of a little collage of several of the national media that I pulled in. And all of this is what Rebecca's talking about, everyone, is all about credibility. Credibility. Uh, building right. yourself, your book, your expertise, whatever it is that you're doing here. So understand that. And I understand that we don't start at a national level. I mean, God, wouldn't that be great? But no, we don't start at, we start at a local level. And start where you are. Start in your neighborhood. Start where, and grow. You just can't expect to be the CEO of a, you know, of a Fortune 500 company on the first day of the job. You do need to kind of work your way there. So, local things. And then as they get bigger, put on bigger things. If it's a local newspaper, or even the local, I forget what they call it, like a neighborhood paper, or a, county paper, something like that, put those on there. When it builds to something more, update update the file, update what's going on. Um, it still talks about a credibility. It's still talking you being a leader in your field. People are coming to you and asking you questions, and you are answering the questions. It's a big deal. It's, there's a number of steps in there that give you credibility. Yes, I love that. All right, so everyone, in my opinion, should have a – author one sheet or a speaker one sheet if that's where you're going um a book type one sheet author book would come in and you could do separately for each book as a matter of fact but the author is the overall umbrella but then you might want to have her in books so where do you put these babies so rebecca talks about printing up maybe a hundred scattering around see how they go you ought to they should be landing on your media page tab on your website and they should be on your author or your book depending upon what you're doing so people can find them and don't be afraid about duplication some people think but well i could only have one whoever told you that that think about where visitors to your website are going to be scouting around looking for stuff so it's 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 just a great way to do it and then when you do print them up rebecca i think it's really important to print them on on a high-end paper um, so, so, That's a really so cheap upgrade. The yes. paper stock is a cheaper upgrade as opposed to any number of other upgrades about cutting, you know, having cutouts in the paper and spot glosses yeah. and raised images. Papers yeah. are really cheap, like pennies, pennies per page or pennies it, per, it's, that's a cheap one. Yeah, cheap exactly. Upgrade. Glossy. I mean, we're talking about heavyweight paper. All right. Heavyweight paper, right. everyone. And it does really stand out. All right. We're coming to our Matt first break. Gloss. Matter gloss, that's up to you. But, you know, you don't have to go glossy. It can go matte. It can, you know, up to you yeah, how so that goes. Try, 
do it. Do a test on each one and see what it looks like and then see what right. goes. I do gloss on mine. All right. You're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing. With me is the fabulous Rebecca Finkel. We will be right back with more awesome, amazing, some of them off-the-wall tips for you hey. in influencing your marketing. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U's the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so... We want to really make you be a rock star with you in your book. And so the one sheet is one way to go, but there are so many others. And Rebecca right. has really worked hard at doing some of these little promo perks and goodies. But I have to tell you, let's, I, I, I don't want to leave here without talking about the cover, Rebecca, because the oh, exercise sure. that you do at all our events, the seven second shot is absolutely one of my favorites. So I would love you to just describe it. Um, and oh. this is what authors can do. All of you, you could go to any bookstore and do this, by the way. So pay attention. Right. All right, Rebecca. 
really what I do in a lecture is is I just try to um, mimic going into a bookstore, even lead up saying, okay, you're going into a bookstore and you're going on vacation and you've got money to spend and you're actually going to buy a book, a real book book, not any book, you're going to go to the beach, etc. And so as you walk through the bookstore, think about walking through the bookstore. You walk past cookbooks and you walk past children's children's stories and you walk past whatever to get to your section of mystery or whatever it is, business, whatever. And you take a look and, at all of the book covers that are face out and even the ones that are spine out. So this, the face out books are actually a paid position in a bookstore, just kind of as an aside. That's something that, that they do. But um, there are there is an industry called the, uh, the book manufacturing industry, something like that that actually follows people around in a bookstore, kind of stalking, and they, t- and they time how long each reader or each potential reader buyer looks at a book. And what they do is they've determined that a reader will scan a bookshelf, which you're thinking like a Barnes & Noble bookshelf, it's, you know, if they're faced out, there's usually five in a row, and it's usually eight deep, so there's 40 books, and they are usually, usually looking at that, and it takes, they scan the whole 40 books, in seven seconds. And just what I really do is I put books up and I count off seven seconds and I turn the projector off and people are like, what? Okay, I know. What? <laughs> what? And so I, then I put it back up again and I say, well, be real conscious of where your eye goes and what it sees and what it doesn't see. And I've done this a number of times. And usually I'm not even giving him 40 books. Usually I'm giving him like 10, two banks of five or 12, like three banks of four or something like that. I'm giving him kind of a smaller grid, but still the seven seconds. Um, but what, you know, what, obviously the big names, something like a Stephen King. If you're a Stephen King fan, you could care less what that title is. You're going to go for Stephen King. James Patterson, his name is usually super large. Um, Patterson is, is a longer word, so it's kind of scrunched up, but it's cap height is probably two inches. And on an eight and a half by five book, that's a lot of room. So that's a major part of the whole book. A lot of times what's not working is titles that get lost. Either the font is too frail or too wispy. Um, the background is too busy so that the, font, the fonts don't stand up on it. Um, the things that truly just stand out are clear word choice, clear fonts, background that is not busy, you know, the words that just absolutely pop off at you, some sort of an interesting cover. That's kind of the trick. Um, is that give all of this room to the words, but also at some point on the cover have the idea of what the book is about. If you think of a book as a, as a movie, you get one frame. So what is that one frame? Is it the beginning, the end, when the protagonist is doing something, the solution, the answer, the trouble? You know, what, what becomes that cover image that can then talk for the book visually? It's a trick. It's, there's a lot going into that. Um, what, you know, there's JoJo Moyes used to have these covers that were all kind of scripty fonts. She's now rebranded herself, and they're not that way. So you may have to look at older books. But she had really scripty, shapey fonts on a plain background, and it really worked for her. Um, another thing, and this is kind of picking at people, Judith as well. I love to pick on Judith. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, long, I know, I know, I know. I just always pick on Judith. She's my favorite target. You can't have long, long titles. You can't have titles that are six words. It's even little words like at, of, the, to. This is too many. You you, you know, pick it up in a subtitle, which can be smaller and really focus it in and frame it. But 
even, like I was talking about the Patterson name is really long and you have to kind of crunch mm-hmm. it up. Well, even words, titles would have long words. You know, you only have so much width. You only have five and a half inches or six inches, whatever, however big your book is. That's not a lot of space if you want to put in several longer words. Mm-hmm. So I, abbreviation isn't cool, but no. you can be creative. <laughs> no. Abbreviation is not cool. Colorado right. is Colorado, not CO. I, I want you to know my book called Stabotage is one word. And my book, let's see. Oh, some of the publishing books are that way. But um, um, what was it? Zapping Conflict in Healthcare. Okay. I mean, Do I wit? Right? Am I okay there? Yep. I mean, okay. I'm looking at there's there's one book that had heartbreak as as one of the four yeah. words in the title, and that became the limiting factor. How big the type could get, what the type, the shape the type oh, yeah. became, yeah. was it tall and skinny, was it short and fat, how much presence could it have, was the longer words. And I don't want to say make all your titles three and four letter words because of course your title is very important as well, but have that as part of the decision making process. Longer words are problematic. Right, right. Oh, you know, I'm thinking there. of some of the recent books, Rebecca, we work with, you know, Aftershocks, Beyond Aftershocks. All right, we have two words, right. two right. words there. Um, yeah, that well, works. My Life Rearranged, and Rearranged just became an obnoxious long word that I yeah. wasn't happy with. So I turned it on its side, which is always my solution. So Rearranged is Rearranged, and it runs vertically instead of horizontal. You can which tell it, it's my yeah, book because that is my uh, solution. Uh, exactly. No, and actually, I loved it, and so did the author. Right. Rearranged worked because the word was rearranged. Um, you know, that was anything. I mean, you're, when God says no is a perfect, you know, those are, that's a perfect title because it's short words. I, you know, part of me is kind of like, eh, you know, um, really, those, anyway, the other one, one book is The Wrong Side of Comfortable. Comfortable just got to be, it's such an important word in that title. Um, and it got to be kind of smallish because comfortable is a long word. I can't mm-hmm. think of a substitute because it was perfect for what was going on and it was a quote. But, um, you know, all things – anyway, off my soapbox about word length and titles. Um, if you're doing fiction versus nonfiction, fiction can be a little bit more playful and creative as far as word choice and colors and fonts. Nonfiction, you want it to be pretty much straight up. What it, the, the title grabs you, the subtitle um, focuses you. That's kind of the, the play there. Sometimes fiction mm-hmm. books don't have a subtitle. Sometimes it just is. Or, or they you say know. a novel or a mystery suspense or they say something. Right. Give them a clue um, right. on that. So I, let me just say that for all your titles for nonfiction, such this is what I primarily write, that if you come up with a nifty, a nifty word that you could do to do a catch – what you're trying to do is the eyeball catch. So I mentioned earlier sabotage, which was really a combination. This was about women undermining women, really, the backstabbing. And so it was a combination of sabotage and the backstabbing. That's where that came from. But it's the subtitle in a nonfiction that is so important. So that main title could be what it is. It may not be the key word, though. For a search engine, um, but it's the grabber. But it's the subtitle that better be the promise of what's going to be inside those covers. What you're going to deliver, the solution it implies how to or whatever. And I found that if you will keep that as your formula, 
you're going to have far more success with uh, book titles. Um, the only on one the magic, I, yeah, you, know, so you hit on a magic magic point: searchability, searchability. Yes, yes. Your yes. subtitle entrees you into the searchability game, which is really kind of what it is. Amazon is not a bookstore. Oh my goodness! Amazon is a search engine. Really sophisticated. Will come out and greet you. Search engine. But I just read this statistic, and I was talking about it this weekend. Um, there's a 34% increase in book sales, and people are accurately using metadata and the, all of the words that go with a book. So your subtitle, as well as when you enter the long description or the short description and all of the busy act codes, et cetera, using those intelligently and wisely and choosing words appropriately, there's a 34% increase in, the, in book sales when those are used well. There's only 15% of the books on the market today that use those codes correctly. It just seems like oh. a big opportunity to improve, if you ask me. Wow. Um, you want Right? It's big. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I re- it's, you know, when I'm put together an ebook and I'm loading it onto Ingram or, or wherever it's going or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. putting in the, the basic codes, it asks me for a ton of metadata. And I copy as much as I can off the back covers of the book and put it in. But really for an ebook, it just should be like for sabotage, um, women sabotaging. I mean, all of the keywords. So much. It should yeah. all just be loaded in there. Every single one. Right. And, and then you it's know, ultimately sociable. Right. And of course, when, you know, we were writing those books, that book was first written in, uh, oh gosh, 209, I think, that we didn't have all this stuff available know, to us. I it know. was not, it wasn't in our radar to do that. So those it, of you who have books that might be long in the tooth, you might want to go right. back and revisit this. Actually, you know, Steve, you can't tie it to anything local. We have a, a, a gentleman who's been working on it's called the virtual divide. It's about how getting groups of people that work in different time zones and countries to work together. And he's, he's an academic, and so he has a dual life type of thing. I'm sure he's fairly busy. But all of a sudden, we're looking at him like, really, the coronavirus? Can't you think people are canceling stuff? Can't you, like, get yourself in the middle of this new stream and, and, <laughs> and, and, be, and give yourself access and credibility? Can't you? Anyway, <laughs> so we're giving him a hard time, and I think he's trying to figure it out, how to get himself involved in this conversation about canceling meetings. Don't, just, you don't have to be physically present. You can still communicate, and how do you communicate? Um, not like this, you know, unfortunately, not like this is going to be a stray thing. I don't think it's ever going to be this big, but things like this are going to happen, and, you know, he needs to be able to jump in and, Say, say what's going on. And his book is several years old. So I guess coming back to the point was possibly you need to reinvent or re-look at older books and see if you can't insert them in the common news cycles that are happening now. See if there's, there's some n- way you can get your book in. There's no reason why you should not be doing that. And actually, I've had <laughs> multiple discussions with Ron on this, that he should be all over the place. So I here you have major me. institutions who are canceling their meetings. Hey, this is how professors get this book. This is going to help you control and keep the engagement going. And with that, we're yes. going to take another quick break here, Rebecca. But l- okay. listen, everyone, go back and look at your subtitles. And, you know, might give you a chance to redress your book if you've got the wrong one. Heck, why not? We'll be right back.
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Rebecca Finkel, award-winning book and cover designer and awesome ebook creator as well. And she makes all kinds of goodies that will augment your books, whether it's, you know, the bookmarks, whether it's some of the drop cards, where all kinds of things which we're going to get into. But one of the one of the dialogues I had um, and it's it's kind of uh, this is where design can come in. It could be a little catchy here is that. I had Sandra Bond, who was a literary agent, on last week, and she was talking about essentials that authors need for when agents look at them and for when traditional publishers want to see, and it's called a B-L-O-G. And if you don't have one, a blog, B-L-O-G, if you don't have a blog as an author, whether you're fiction or nonfiction, you start going down in credibility very quickly. One of the challenges I always hear from authors is, I don't, I, I don't know what to blog about. I don't, you know, groan, groan, groan. And that one of the things is to create, you know, blogging is not difficult. It does not have to be like having your tooth pulled with the old doorknob shutting the door technique that some of our parents used to do. 
and that it really and it doesn't have to be a thousand or two thousand words it could be a hundred words it could be four lines if it's complete but some of that could be a designing also to have a spot on your website where it says blog on a tab and someone like Rebecca could create, you know, a moniker or something that is always at the top so it becomes a certain, so visual they know, oh, it's the blog. But also what Rebecca was just talking about is you need to always have key search words every time you put something up. Do you want to add to that, Rebecca? Yes, with your social media even, you know, if you, yeah. if you go on Twitter, hashtag it, if, whatever it is. If you go on Instagram, whatever your social media outlets are, I don't think all social media outlets are applicable to everybody. I don't think the Instagram is quite the LinkedIn person, but, <clears throat> oh, my goodness, don't let me stop you if you've got that figured out. Oh, um, no, LinkedIn is perfect, and Pinterest, you make a board. You have a board for your blogs. You create a little poster. Hello, Canva. Create a little poster. You have your logo that, let's say, Rebecca's created this awesome logo that identifies your blog. And you put, you know, what it's about. And then when you post it up, and then you have a link, you put it, embed a link to your website where to find it. But also, you will have um, a, a description, which is what Rebecca's talking about. This is where your keywords, your hashtags come in. Use at least five in your descriptions on Pinterest. I've learned that. Mm, interesting. I didn't know that. So yeah. a lot of what you're trying to do is expand your market. You know, a lot of you, if when you're writing books, you have a, a pull quote or a synopsis story. Why can't you blog those? Why can't you use a pull quote and then expand it? Absolutely. Why can't you use Absolutely. pieces of your book that are already existing and expand on them? Or take a piece of with general news and tie it to your book and expand on that. Um, you don't have to be recreating the wheel every single time. I God, that is exhausting. But you can reuse pieces. You can reuse old blogs. You can borrow from blogs. Give them credit, but borrow from other blogs that you're reading or other books that you're reading. Um, say, you know, watching TV, listening to the radio. I heard this on NPR, and I'm, you know, talk about that. Um, they want to expand your market, and a lot of times an expanded market is Possibly yet not another full-blown book because you're a busy person and this, these things take time. But a lot of times it could be a novella, which is like a 100-page book. I always think when I hear like one of the bigger authors, Stephen King, has a novella, I always think, oh, he had this great plot thing and it just fizzled. He couldn't make it work. And so he didn't want to let it go. He just made a novella out of it. Another way to increase your market is to have an ebook or to have an audiobook or to print a hard case if you're doing a soft case or vice versa. Um, the more times that you can put your work out there, the better. The more your marketing it becomes simpler. You're not splitting your market when you put out an ebook or an audiobook, you're actually increasing your market. The reader is not going to say, oh I can do it this way or that way. Some people absolutely prefer to only have an audiobook and will not look at anything else. So when you put the audiobook out there, you increase. Same with an ebook. Um, they want to be able to change the font size. Or for me, I want to be able to read in the dark at night. <laughs> um, I like to read in bed. So um, these all things increase your market. That's all you're really mm -hmm. thinking about is how can I keep the conversation going? How can I get my name out there again? One way um, – is business cards. This seems to be old-fashioned, but have a business card that you can just sprinkle everywhere. Don't have it be really expensive, but have it be, you know, your name, how to contact you, possibly something about your book or about you, some some sort of a catch, some sort of a thing. 
your book cover, your blog website, um, your picture of your dog, if that's appropriate. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Rebecca, know. let me just uh, let me make a, a couple of comments. Jump in here. First of all, you mentioned Stephen King. One of his wonderfully successful movies was called The Shawshank Redemption. It is based on his novella, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and well, there you go. Glad to add to the conversation. Um, right. But it's what Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite movies. And I knew it was always came from something from Rita Hayworth and it's a novella by Stephen King. So, right. You know, it, it happens there. The other thing, when you are talking about, uh, uh, your, your pull quotes using them, that that one of your techniques, and I think you need to bring it back, open this up also. I want you to talk about putting them on postcards for marketing. But also, here's what I'm seeing. So many people, you know, we have our business cards, and people will take them and they'll enter in their phones or their phone, and then they get thrown away. Here's another way to make them hold on. Rebecca makes, and she's, you know, does these wonderful, uh, well, they're always customized with the author's book and the cover and that, but make a bookmark and use that as your business card. It's got all your stuff on it, your contact information, what your, maybe your expertise is. It's got your book cover on it, but people end up, they don't throw it away. They hold on to it and they use it in, oh my God, books. So that's, that's my, oh my God, let's use it on a book. So that's my thought. Yeah, that's my thought. And another one, and in a postcard as well. And all this printing, there's there's online printing. One two three one two three print dot com or Vista V I S T A print dot com have great deals and do a great job. And if you have time to like slow boat um, ship it, it's easy. They're going to give you a bargain on the shipping. It, but they, you know, that's where I print my stuff. They do a great job. Uh, they give mm-hmm. you a great price. A lot of times they run specials, so and one will compete against the other. So. Whatever. Oh, yes. I don't want to take away from the local printer, but if these are really good options. So well, have if, a if, bookmark that you can just give away just yeah, for everybody. Throw them away. Yeah, everywhere you go, you have a pile of bookmarks, and people will pick them up, but they should look good. And that's right. where a designer well comes done. into play. Yeah. Right. I, You know, I, I'd love to have an, an author go, I want this idea. I want this child idea, or I want this child mm-hmm. outlook or a sports outlook. And I'm like, absolutely, let's do this. So I'm not, it does focus me instead of, you know, starting with the world. We do get to focus on yeah. this piece. But um, anyway, I love ideas. I love how where they're coming from. Um, and postcards are another use. How I would use postcards, and I've done this in the past, is basically part of it is cold calling. You set aside a Tuesday, an hour on a Tuesday, and you're pretty really religious about this. You know, if mm-hmm. it's Tuesday from 10 to 11 at 9.59, you're saving your work and putting it away and taking out your stack of postcards and your stack of numbers that you've done research on that you want to get in touch with, and you start calling people for an hour. You could do anything for an hour. You shut off your other phone. You're not taking phone calls. You're not taking emails. You're not taking texts. For an hour, you are focusing. And these postcards are, yes, a picture of your cover, picture of you, a pull quote from somewhere. You also have a, you know, and you have several. You have two or three that you can send out. They're not all the same. I always leave space on a, on a postcard so that you can write in something about going to be in Texas next month or in a year or whatever. You know, let's yep. meet up or some yep. conversation that you've had of some kind to make it personal. It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to be eloquent. You know, 12 words and a signature is 
good to go. Um, and those get to be, I would, for me, and Judith is probably going to say no, but if for me, <laughs> if after three postcards I get no response, I take that as a dud and I move on. Judith may have no, a different spin on that one. I do. Yeah. In fact, I, if if you all don't have my book, which you can get in ebook or audiobook or print book, how to create a million dollar speech. I have a chapter absolutely dedicated to how to market with postcards. And it's how I built a million dollar business. And that I actually had a technique. I would go through eight, but I had, uh, I had a, a whole technique of I, when I was not traveling, I spent an hour each morning I was in the office. And it was for, for me, it would be from seven to eight o'clock in the morning because a lot of my people were in central and east coast time zones and i literally because 80 percent of phone calls are going to go to voicemail if not more i was already addressing the postcard and i had my book covers i had all my book covers all because i had multiple books so i had one for each book cover on the back side they were all pre-printed i always had space where i could write one or two lines but i was already addressing the postcard and this was with pitching for speaking you could be pitching for anything but uh, so it was about bringing me in to talk about this topic and I could keep rotating it and how it would benefit their employees, their association, their members, fill in the blank. And then I would write a line saying, you know, sorry, I missed you today. Um, we met at the blah, 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 blah conference. Let's talk. Or I'm going to be in Georgia the, it, 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 the uh, last week in April. Let's do an add on for your group and save some money. Something very simple. And it was effective. And here's what po- why postcards are powerful. People keep them. If there's any interest in them, they will hold on to it. And one time I called someone. I was on the seventh phone call. And I was ready to put him in what I called my kill file, Rebecca. And I got her assistant. She said, you know, my boss has had your postcard on her desk for three months. And I said, if she's got a minute, can I just say hello to her? I booked a $5,000 gig with that minute. So. Persistence, people. Persistence. That's what's going to make the difference between you as a successful author, uh, a successful speaker, or fill in the blank, and those who are still sitting with cases of books in their basement. You're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing. With me today is the awesome Rebecca Finkel, designer, creator, fun speaker. We're going to be right back with more awesome tips in our final segment on Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing. And so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book. 
a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Tis the season to be thankful and to reflect on all of God's goodness. I am especially grateful for you, my listeners. Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond is broadcast across the world on the American Forces Radio Network and goes into over 179 countries and every U.S. ship at sea, multiple times a day, seven days a week. It is also broadcast across the United States on numerous radio stations several times each day. Thank you for your emails and encouraging words. I am passionate about healthy living, and I'm thrilled that this radio feature is making such a difference in the lives of so many millions of people. I am grateful for you and declare that 2016 will be your healthiest and fittest year yet. I will be with you all the way, cheering you on on the radio. Merry Christmas from Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. You know, I do want to say, for those of you who would like to find out more about what Rebecca Finkel can do for you in your book, you can email her at Rebecca at FP, as in Paul, GD. So that's Frank Paul George Dog dot com. Um, or go to her website at FPGD dot is, is that, is that the correct website? FPGD dot com. Yes. Dot com. Right. Graphic design dot com. Oh, I see. I always, I always call it feel pretty good day. Okay. So <laughs> that's what I do. Feel pretty good day. I like that. Too. I always feel, I feel, always feel good when I talk to Rebecca. So, um, go to FPGD and take a look at some of the books, uh, that she's worked on and, and, and reach out so that, and then lastly, the book I mentioned that I go through the whole spiel on how to create an awesome off the wall postcard marketing campaign you'll find that in one of the chapters of my book how to create a million dollar speech all right so rebecca we're back we've got about 12 minutes here we were talking about postcards and i want and you mentioned earlier um pull quotes and i just wanted to uh the call outs pull quotes these are so awesome to just, if you've got them in your book, in my opinion, if you've got nonfiction, you should be having them in your book. They're eye candy. It gives the, the reader an eyeball rest, um, instead of line after line after line after line after line text. Um, and that I think it's cool, uh, to just pull those. They're not all of them will work, but many of them will. And go over to the Canva, C-A-N-V-A website. You don't need to pay. Use the free. There's plenty of options for free. Slap that. Write that uh, uh, pull-out quote up there. And, and make sure you put your name. Put a little hyphen and put your name there. And then embed your website um, on it. And then voila. 
you now have new marketing tools to use everywhere in social media, which Rebecca and I want to talk about is some of those push outs. And then like you create on Pinterest, a, a page with your awesome wisdom quotes. I ended up taking my quotes and created a book called Snappy Sassy Salty, Wise Words for Authors and Writers. That's those are there's a gazillion postcards in there, like 250 of them. There's a gazillion. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> 250 quotes that I can They're all non sequiturs. They don't, they, you know, they're all yeah. standalone. Yeah. Yeah. They're all standalone. And we've actually have made posters on them and they are up on my Pinterest site that you can go and snag and use and certainly share to your site. Please do. But right. that, that's what you, this is the power of what the search engines can do. So I just want to say this and I want Rebecca now to jump in. The, the, the SEO which is the search engine optimization and the internet is your town hall for book marketing. Stop resisting, embrace it and dig down and use it. All right. So Rebecca, you can add. Okay. Again, I'm going to poke at Judith again with this. Oh, why not? Let's start swimming. I know Judith and I are good (laughs) friends. This is not a big deal. She pokes me too. I just want to say she gets her digs in, but you know, I'm not a bully. But anyway, you know, she says, jump in, blow feet deep in this swim. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, not every social media outlet is for everybody. Um, I kind of mentioned true. that I'm not sh- quite sure that LinkedIn and Instagram have the same marketing. But if you have those going, oh, my goodness, don't let me bug you about no, those. There's they don't. There's an that we work with who's really big on Pinterest and has like several oh. thousand, 10,000, several thousand following. But then you ask her, so how often do you post at Pinterest? She's like, oh, yeah. two or three times a day. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I just. I just, that's just not my thing. It's just not my thing. I post sometimes more. I post yeah, sometimes Twitter. more. I mean, these are things that can, that can happen. But of course, you're, we're all busy people. We all got lives to lead. We can't dedicate our lives to posting on Twitter. So I'm going to do a shout out to virtual assistants. Um, and there are any number of those. And I'm not going to go too far into that. Just kind of pop the idea out there that virtual assistants are an inexpensive way to, um, get into this field. You would give them 20, Twitter account, 20 Twitter tweets, whatever they're called, and you, she starts posting them away. She or this person, sorry, starts posting them where they need to go, or on LinkedIn, or on Facebook posts, or whatever they are. You give somebody essentially, you write them and you generate them, but you give them to somebody else to post on that timely basis where you're busy doing something else. Um, VAs don't necessarily have to be in your time zone because they can set them up you know, to, to, to land in the morning wherever you want them to land. Um, and for those of you who have books that don't have pull quotes, you know, when I, when I always think about a pull quote as a way to underline the, the meaning of this passage or this chapter or this sub-chapter, some way to under, underscore, this is really what I'm talking about. This is a really important piece of information. So if, even if you don't have a pull quote in your book, Pull out that phrase that just kind of exemplifies the chapter mm-hmm. or exemplifies the passage of work that you're doing and then use that in your, in your social media. You know, you don't have to rewrite your book to put in pull quotes. Please, if, you know, there's ways oh. to rewrite your book and if you are rewriting your book, please include pull quotes, but don't, yes. you know, we can yes. keep it up and make it better, but use some of these passages in your, in your, in your, in your blogging and in, in your social media posts. And again, pick one, if you are completely new, pick one topic, one area, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and become really good at it. Play with it, post at it, repost, you know, become 
familiar and then take that information and go somewhere else. And I'm like, play with it for three months or six months, however long it kind of takes you to become familiar and able to really manipulate. You're putting in your data. Your people are connecting with you through your data, through what's going on, through your website that you're posting when you put something up. Um, and then take that information and move somewhere else. Um, you know, you're going to find that sometimes these markets are not available to you. Some of these are just, you know, Instagram is kind of a younger audience. Again, God, I'm making huge stereotypes, and I hope I'm not stepping on toes. Um, <laughs> so social media is like pick it and pick it wisely and, and be able to really work the situation um, as, as far as manipulating. One, I'm just going to kind of pop around because I, I have some other ideas that I want to get to quickly. Um, one way, if you go to um, trade shows or conventions or something like that, and you're presenting yourself as an author or as your book as a topic or both, get some banners. Get a banner that can sit beside your table. Get a banner that you can drape over your table. So you're giving yourself a bigger presence than just what the facilitators are going to give you with a with a table and a drape and a name tag. You can be bigger than that. You know, you can be bigger and better than those things. And that's pretty inexpensive investment that you can then reuse and reuse and reuse. Um, some of your best ideas will come to your peers when you talk to them about your book. And they'll be like, oh, have you ever thought of this? And it's like, no, but thank you because this is a great idea. Judith and I get together. We, it becomes very kinetic when we're talking about books. We can just like, oh, did you think of this? No. Oh, wow, I didn't think of that. And then we can post this and it's a kinetic situation. Find a peer that you can really bounce ideas off to, um, and possibly not your spouse. I mean, possibly somebody specifically in your field of writing or your field of speaking that you can you can work with. Um, I don't know what. A, oh, awards. Uh, awards are important. Mm -hmm. That you know, I I'm a little jaded with this because I've been in the business for quite a while and I've been on the committees for awards. But if mm -hmm. you're, you have a book that has an award on it and you're, you're, you're a reader and you're looking at two books and one has an award on it and one doesn't, pretty much the book with the award on it is going to be chosen just because it's been judged in some way. It, it's rose, risen, to the, risen to the area. I realized entering awards is money, and at one point money is just ridiculous. So you start off with ones that you think your book is a complete fit for um, and then go from there. Uh, there's specific ones for children's books. There's specific ones for nonfiction. You can enter your ebooks. Uh, my tagline for ebooks is ebooks don't have to be ugly. So many ebooks are so ugly. Don't have to be, really. Don't have to be. They can be pretty. Um, I should I go to my website and look at some of the ebooks I've done. I try to make them look like the print book as closely as possible. Some things can't be done, but you know, some things can be done. Um, <clears throat> Again, with marketing, keep thinking about how can I give access to myself? How can I give access to the book? How can I give credibility to myself or credibility to the book? How can I do this? Is it, you know, with summer is coming upon us pretty soon, is it if I have children's books, do I go to a library and get into their queue about reading to kids on Tuesday morning? Is that something that would help me? Can I then go to child care centers and read a book to them? Or, you know, those types of things. Can I be a mentor of some kind? Can I go to the... Girl Scouts, can I go to professional groups? Can I go to a rotary club? Just, it's tough to actually answer that question without a specific book in hand. Um, but these are all questions to be asked. How can I get bigger than myself? How can I become bigger than myself? Um, what do you think, Judith? 
Absolutely. I, I think, uh, number one, I think the possibilities are unlimited. And I think that so many authors put a, 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 a kind of like a, uh, a microscope that they become so myopic, they forget that it's really a kaleidoscope factor. There's so many little goodies that you can bring in. Um, it's like you mentioned kinetic. It's it, that this is why you need to hang out with other authors. What's working for you? What have you done? I'm a huge believer of that. You know that those authors know in Colorado that on the second Saturday of every month, I have like an open house. Coffee is on at 8.30. Come on over. Let's brainstorm. Let's do ideas. I have a flip chart. Any questions, put it up there. It's going to get answered by myself as well as others that are in the room. And it's really kind of a lovely um, free encounter. <laughs> Which is, right, um, right. And, yeah. and, if, and if you don't live in Colorado, you have, you have yeah. Friday coaching calls that are phenomenal. Yeah. I direct a lot yeah. of people to them that come to me and say, this is my first book and I'm not sure what's going on. And I'm like, oh. This is absolutely worth the time. If you never pose a question and you are just listening, listening. that's well worth it. I, what are yeah. the details on that Friday coaching? Yeah, listening. Well, they, they just go to. You need to go to my website. It's, it's a subscription. It's twenty seven dollars a month. It's a subscription, and it's it's a private group. And you get a link to come on. We do it on Zoom because we like to see everybody. Um, and it's 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 turned into like a mastermind. Everybody shares and jumps in, right. which is very very cool. And with that, we are at the end of our show. So Rebecca oh. Finkel, thank you, thank you for being with me one more time. Um, yes, I love and, it. Yeah, and for all of you, it really, it, I can't think of a better time to be publishing and sharing your wisdom, your words, your expertise. So keep on writing. That's going to be my final tip. So how do you get to be a better yeah. writer? You keep on right. writing. With You're that, right. we'll be with you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. for having me. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.